Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Just a reminder about my new podcast. If you are a soul-guided and purpose-driven business person and you want to write a book that's channeled directly from source, so it's the truest expression of yourself, my new podcast is for you. I give you insider tips and secrets in brief, digestible episodes to write your book efficiently, easily, and quickly with the result of creating a book to use as a business tool or to attract more clients. If you don't know how to start your book and you're ready, listen to How to Write a Book Fast for Spiritual Entrepreneurs. The link will be in the show notes. Let's move on to the show. This is season two, episode 25, Archaeoastronomy and my visit to America's Stonehenge. So America's Stonehenge is located in Salem, New Hampshire. It is 45 minutes outside of Boston. And I'm going to give you some history first about America's Stonehenge. And most of this information came from the History Channel show, America on Earth, Stonehenge in New Hampshire, Season 1, Episode 6. So if you want to check that out, that's on YouTube. It's free with commercials. I thought it was really well done. And I watched it before I went to America's Stonehenge just so I knew the history and I made sure I was, you know, getting into something safe. If anyone remembers, I went to the Stanley Hotel and I talked about this in my ghost stories for 2021, that episode, and I didn't know what I was getting into. I thought I was doing architecture and history tour and ended up being this major ghost tour that had this vortex part of the hotel with really negative soul-sucking energy. <laughs> and I unfortunately... Uh, pretty much felt my soul being sucked and had to, you know, get out of the hotel as fast as I could and uh, restore that energy. So definitely be safe and research before you go to these sites, paranormal, metaphysical, because you don't know what you're getting yourself into. And also it makes things more fun. When you know these histories, you just, it just makes it more fascinating, more fun. Even my husband, because I knew some of the history and we had downloaded America Stonehenge audio app and we were reading about the stones or I'm sorry, listening about the stones. It made the tour, it's a self tour, so much more interesting. So I highly recommend. America's Stonehenge is possibly 4,000 years old. If you look at the center of the site from an aerial view, you'll see the center and then around it is a circle of stones and each stone lines up with a solstice and equinox or a cross quarter day, which comes in between the solstices and the equinoxes. Archaeoastronomy is how ancient cultures use the sun, moon, stars, and planets in architecture and design. America's Stonehenge has this solstice alignment where the sun for the summer solstice sunrise stone, that's a lot to say, the sun rose directly over the tip of the stone in 1800 BC. But then over time, the earth's axis shifted. So the sun now rises to the right of the stone. So the alignment shifts, and this gives us a date to how old the stones are because scientists can measure the shift distances in time. At America Stonehenge, that shift distance is an estimated 3,800 years ago. That's amazing. Scientists 
think that measuring these shifts can be more accurate in estimating time than carbon-14 dating or the testing of organic material. Kelsey Stone, the vice president of America Stonehenge, did a computer-generated summer solstice alignment from one of the summer solstice stones, and he discovered there's a straight line from the summer solstice stone at America Stonehenge through one of the trilithons at England's Stonehenge. A trilithon is the structure that has two vertical stones holding up a horizontal stone or the famous T-shaped structure at England's Stonehenge. In other words, there's a straight line going from America's Stonehenge in New Hampshire to England's Stonehenge and through that trilithon. So interesting. But this straight line continues east to Beirut, Lebanon. And Beirut, Lebanon is home of the ancient Phoenicians. There could be a connection between America's Stonehenge and the Phoenicians. The Phoenicians were an ancient seafaring culture circa 1200 BC, and they traveled extensively. They could have possibly made it to America, and there's much evidence that they did. They invented the modern-day alphabet. At America's Stonehenge, they found a stone that reads, To Baal, on behalf of the Canaanites, this is dedicated. Baal is the most famous Phoenician god. The Canaanites are another name for the Phoenicians. Venetian writings have been discovered from Maine to Brazil. Going back to the ball stone, they had the geologist in the History Channel show date it, and he said it was centuries old, and he also confirmed that the writing was man-made. The Phoenicians were great explorers because they could navigate at night due to knowing about the North Star or Polaris. So there's evidence that they definitely came to America because they talk about a land past Spain with navigatable rivers, and that could only be America. So that's kind of cool as well. Let's discuss my day at America's Stonehenge. So before I went, (laughs) I read reviews online, and one person said it was like paying $14 to roam around someone's backyard, (laughs) which I was like, Oh, shit. So I prepared Craig and I said to him, listen, if it's not great, we'll leave and, you know, no harm done. You know, $28 down the tube, what are you going to do? Sometimes that happens. And he agreed. And we just said, all right, we'll just move on to Boston if that happens. And when you reserve, you know, a hotel around America Stonehenge, there's not a lot. The hotels are very... um small. And, you know, if you want to go to a luxury spa after a day at America Stonehenge, then (laughs) you can't (laughs) because there's nothing around there. So you have to go into Boston. And that's what we did. I wanted at the end of the day, a really nice meal and I want a really nice hotel. So we went to the seaport in Boston and that was a really nice time. You know, that was a good way to arrange the trip and I highly recommend it. So it was funny because as we were driving up there, I kept saying, two hours to America Stonehenge, 45 minutes to America Stonehenge. (laughs) I was just expecting nothing. 
uh, our expectations were extremely low. I really did like the History Channel show, but I just wasn't sure. The way it was filmed, it looked cool, but then you're reading the reviews, and if you read the reviews online, it's so mixed. People are like, it's the most amazing place ever to, it's like walking around in someone's backyard, so I just didn't know what to expect. We pull into the parking lot, and it looks like... (laughs) You know, when you go on a trail, a hiking trail, and they have those small dirt parking lots, that's exactly what it looked like. So it threw me off because I was expecting a huge, almost Disney World type parking lot. Okay, maybe not Disney World. That's a little much, but, you know, much bigger than what I saw. So don't let that throw you off. And the first thing I thought about is how do they... How do people park during the solstices, especially the summer solstice when thousands of people come? But I guess they have it figured out somehow. When you enter the building, it's basically a gift shop and they have some stones and some artifacts that it looks like a little museum. If you're someone that really needs food and you're like me that eats healthy, bring your own snacks. They have nothing around there. So highly urge you to pack a lunch, uh, pack snacks. I unfortunately had to stop at a gas station and it did not end well. (laughs) Um, I kept to my diet, but it still was not the best thing I could have eaten. So definitely pack food unless you like children's cotton candy. I saw a lot of them. They also, uh, have alpacas, which I only saw. Well, I saw two alpacas in the shed and then I saw an alpaca butt. So that's about all I saw cause it was a hot day, but they looked really cute. I'm not that into alpacas, but, um, they're cute. But you know, if you're into that and your children are into that, that's kind of cool to do. By the way, you can buy tickets online, which I did. It was much easier You just show them to the person. The person has your name as a reservation. So you just say your last name and then make sure you download the audio tour, which was so helpful and really made the tour for us. It's a free app. It's literally called America Stonehenge. You download it and it's done actually extremely well. I was actually very impressed with how it's done. Make sure if you're going on a crowded day, you have headphones because everyone's listening to the audio app. Now we were there on a day when pretty much no one was there. So we got lucky, but I can't imagine if people are just walking around listening to this app. So make sure you definitely bring headphones. You exit the gift shop and you continue on the trail, which at first I think that review was a little bit accurate. It did look like someone's backyard. (laughs) You know, it looked like a trail in someone's backyard. And then they had a few artifacts out, which, you know, were okay. I think it was a carved out canoe out of wood, out of bark, I think, and something else. It was a little bit interesting. But then you move along to the actual site. And that was really cool. I was not expecting it to be that large. It's in the middle of, yeah, it's a backyard, but it's beautiful. It's actually in the middle of woods. And the way they outlined everything and the way they have it set up it's actually really easy and really well done and you have to make sure you stay on the path because otherwise you're going into a neighbor's backyard and I looked at the reviews and it said the neighbors don't like that so definitely stay on the path and listen to the audio tour because they have the numbers with the sites so as we ascended 
the hill. It's called Mystery Hill. And we ascended and we saw all the hinges. It was actually really, I don't know if magical is too strong of a word, but it was like, I felt like I was going back in time and going back in history. And we were there on an absolutely beautiful day. It was sunny. It was warm. We were lucky. Oh, another thing, definitely bring hiking shoes or sneakers. I had on these hiking sandals, so I was fine, but you can slip in the henges. If you go in a couple of the henges, it's watery. So definitely make sure you wear the proper shoes. The first henge that I really liked, you could go into, and you know, it's always cooler in the henges. And it was actually used to hide slaves for the Underground Railroad. And I thought that was so unique. So as you go into the henge, they talk about how the owner was very progressive in that way at the time. And I think it's really telling how significant that beside being part of this ancient archaeoastronomy culture, it's also part of the Underground Railroad. So I really enjoyed that. And as you move along, you see the walls and the wells and all of these, you know, stones that are humongous that were placed there that you have no idea how, because back in the day, right, it, they didn't have trucks, <laughs> you know, they didn't have forklifts, they didn't have any of these things. So you're looking at them saying, how is this physically possible to put these stone chambers here? The next part I really liked was the sacrificial table. The sacrificial table is nine feet by six feet, and they believe that there were possibly animal and human sacrifices there because if anyone looked at my Instagram, I have a reels on it, and I believe I have a story on it. That sacrificial table has an outlining groove, right? It outlines the table from the interior, but then you can see it's for a liquid and it acts like a drain. So they think that that table was for sacrificing humans because the Phoenicians did sacrifice humans. And underneath the table, there's a hidden little chamber. What historians think would happen is they would have the person on the table and underneath someone was talking. So it was like a God was talking to you. Then we moved up to the viewing platform, which I really enjoyed because the viewing platform, you see all the solstice and equinox alignments and they have a little map. So you can see what you're looking at. You know, if you look out whatever direction, you'll see that stone aligns with that solstice or that stone aligns with that equinox. And for some reason, I just really enjoyed that. I thought that was the most, one of the most interesting parts. So when you're on this viewing platform, which is higher than all of America Stonehenge, you're looking down on it and you get this really cool view of America Stonehenge. So you can take in the entire site. Then we moved on to looking at the solstice and equinox stones. And normally if you're not into it, it would just be, you know, just a hike, right? You're out for the day and it's just a hike. But it was just fascinating to us that these people took the time and the energy, whether they were Phoenicians or not, to take these stones and align them 
with the solstices and equinoxes and have it exactly correct. And we were talking about how <laughs> how much labor went into this. And I was saying, you know, the poor guy who wants to get wasted on the summer solstice, he's low in the totem pole and he has to sit there and be like, no, man, move it left. Move it a little bit left. No, move it a little bit right. Okay. <laughs> We got it. So you have to imagine the amount of pulley systems they would need to lift these absolutely humongous stones. And the fascinating part to me as well is that these stones, yes, they are weathered and you can see they are dated and weathered, but they've lasted the test of time. And you still go to America Stonehenge today, especially during the summer solstice, and you will see the alignment. So we walked around that circle of stones and you can read about them. I think that's where the audio tour stops. So we would just read about them just saying, you know, this is the winter solstice. This is the summer solstice. And I stopped at, I believe the summer sunrise solstice stone, which is the famous stone that they used in the uh, history channel documentary, I believe. And if you look at that stone, there's just a great energy to it. And they used to have a woman who would come every summer solstice and she would do these ceremonies. They said she stopped, but then on the website, they said she's back. She's famous for doing these mother earth ceremonies on the summer solstice. And if you can imagine America Stonehenge is just absolutely insane during the summer solstice. I, I couldn't even imagine going. I don't like crowds that much, so that's not my cup of tea, but could be cool if you want to go. So I decided to take a moment and try to get the energy of America Stonehenge. So I quietly meditated for a few moments and I I've I received a message of we're so happy with what we did. You know, we're so happy we created this and that people are still enjoying it today. That's the basic overall message I got. And as I was walking around, as we started to enter the solstice and the equinox stones, I stopped because the energy was so overwhelming. I was getting that Stanley Hotel vortex energy, but not negative. It wasn't negative. It, was, it wasn't positive. It was just overwhelming. I kept getting the sense that a lot of things happened here that people don't even know about. Just a lot of history and a lot of mysterious and secret history. And if they had human sacrifice, I'm not saying they did, then that would have a lot of, you know, spiritual history as well to it. There may be a lot of spirits around America Stonehenge. I think I want to go again. And the next time, maybe I would try to do some mediumship, but I'm not sure I'd make sure I protect myself. Oh, that's another thing. Before we went into America Stonehenge, I grabbed my husband's hand. I said, okay, let's put a protective white light over us and make sure. And then when we left America Stonehenge, I have this special crystal sage spray that takes off any negative energy. So I brought that along and I just sprayed it just in case and, you know, swept any energy that wasn't supposed to be there out the window. So I made sure I protected myself, but I didn't feel anything negative. I just felt at one point very overwhelmed with energy, very overwhelmed. So I can imagine if you're someone who easily does mediumship, which for me, I have to get into Trance is a strong word, but I have to get into, you know, a higher vibration to get into mediumship, which I can. 
but it doesn't, you know, it's not like I see ghosts all the time and it's not the sixth sense where they're talking to me. It's, it's not like that. But if someone is like that, if you're like that, I highly recommend making sure you protect yourself before you go into that area. Overall, I would say I highly recommend it. My husband really loved it too. In fact, between Boston, I mean, I've, I lived in Boston. I've been to Boston many times. But between Boston and America Stonehenge, we both said we liked America Stonehenge the best and that we would return if we were ever in the area. I give it two thumbs up. There you go. So I hope you learned today a little bit about America Stonehenge and maybe it'll inspire you to research it a little, do a little research. I'm trying to find a rendering of what they believe America's Stonehenge looked like in its heyday. I can't find anything yet. So if anyone comes across that, definitely DM me or email me. I would love to see a picture of that. It's a very highly energetic, inspirational place. I love the history behind it. I love the fascinating stories. I like the History Channel documentary. So definitely if you're in the area, I would say stop in. You know, protect yourself, put a white light around yourself, but stop in and see what's going on because it's one of America's great metaphysical sites. I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. I know there are many podcasts out there, but you decided to listen to this one. If you expanded your spiritual and metaphysical knowledge in any way after listening to this episode, then I need your help. Please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. This gives my podcast more visibility to potential new listeners, and it motivates me to continue creating content for you every week. Leaving a review takes less than one minute and is highly appreciated. Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground.